That's right. We're Sheffield Wednesday. We can score six goals whenever we want. Just don't ask us anything else about the week here on the Owls of Aircast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, and I'm just in conversation uh, with some friends of mine who also went to school, to college, in New England in the early 2000s. We were talking about craft beer availability then, and there really wasn't much. You could get uh, Magic Hat number 9. You could get uh, Sam Adams Boston Lager. You could get Long Trail. And then probably around, maybe it was out of, I was out of college, like 2005 or so, uh, you get Allagash White. Thinking about Allagash White. It's good weather for Allagash White. I needed to get a wit beer to make a, a, a coconut curry recipe. So I've got a bunch of leftover Allagash Whites. It's like it's a nice, crisp beer for early spring, relaxing, nice 6 nil uh, win. Of course, a German uh, style wit with coriander and curacao orange peel. We also have to discuss the Irving Stanley game. Throw I th- so I threw a shot of orange curacao in as well. Just to, it's nice. It's got like a creamsicle thing going. I don't even know. I guess it's a boiler maker. It's a variation Wait, he's, on a boiler maker. He threw a shot into Allagash White. Yeah, orange curacao, yeah. Wow, I mean, I was I was a bit it's bored by your, by your intro there, Jeff. I think yeah. he's got he's done a big lead up for Allagash White, and then yeah, you, yeah. Th- you threw me at the last minute with, mm. with a shot into it. But we do need a name for that by the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's on par with Boilermaker. So. <laughs> Always on par on his drinking game in New Jersey. It's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeffrey. Um, so I've got an old fashioned this week because I've got a cold. I think. Um, and I'm chasing it with some toilet normal, paper. Normal, normal, uh, normal home <laughs> but, remedy there, yeah. Uh, but um, it's it's slightly different to what I usually have because my wife got me this uh, cocktail crate um, pack for my birthday last mm-hmm. week, um, and it's like a craft queen's uh, mixture of old fashioned that you add with the bourbon. So um, it's quite good. Got brown sugar, orange in it, bitters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like sort. a yeah. That's nice. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of like the the batched cocktail add-ins but there are some good ones out there no i mean the funny one she got me a box of it and there's supposed to be three different cocktail yeah. mixes in it and i just got three separate bottles of old-fashioned mix well, i'm <laughs> sure you'll go through them <laughs> out on the west coast perhaps having a nice cup of tea it's mike laroon mike what are you drinking i am having a nice cup of tea i'm still lumbering through lent so we are uh, just cutting back on the midweek drinking but um, whereas four out of five times I would have a cider and I do think that, um, hard seltzers are an abomination. Mm. Jeff, would you like to discuss what you shared with yes, the WhatsApp group? So, uh, I don't remember. I found this on Twitter because you find things on Twitter. I might've been Reddit actually. It was Twitter, Reddit, one of the you know social media sites I probably shouldn't be on for my own, uh, personal mental health. But, uh, yeah, so there is now hard Mountain Dew and not only is there hard Mountain Dew, it's a variety pack. You get a variety pack of hard Mountain Dew. You can get uh, all your favorite Mountain Dew flavors. Uh, regular Mountain Dew. So there's a red one that's black cherry, but I don't know why you wouldn't just do, uh, what is the actual, Code Red? Like cause Code Red's actually, if you don't mind, red. 70 grams of sugar. Probably the best Mountain red. Dew flavor. Yeah. Uh, Baja Blast, which I I don't know if you can still only get that at Taco Bell, but... I didn't realize and, how many calories were in Mountain Dew until I was on a diet last month and I had a Mountain Dew. It's like 400 calories in a bottle. Yeah. What the it's fuck pretty, are you putting in it? It's insane. Yeah. Mountain Dew, not not good for you. There's and, also, um, there's also a watermelon one, which is not actually a Mountain Dew flavor. But I was surprised how much they put into the uh, design of those cans. Yeah. That was I mean, they're also yeah. mind boggling. So they just look like a USC Affliction t shirt, basically. But if you've had a hard do, <laughs> tweet us. <laughs> Tell us how it is. Otherwise, uh, five percent. Yeah, five percent alcohol by volume. If you were wondering, yeah, and twelve percent caffeine. So, ooh, it's one, oh, it's oh, mm. <laughs> no, it's not twelve percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's an FAQ. What is Hard Mountain Dew? <laughs> FAQ. We have a six right. nil game to discuss, but I'm going to do Anything this anyway. Anything to not discuss, Stanley. All right. Yeah. Will I die? Yeah. What <laughs> Hard Mountain Dew is a new flavored malt beverage. Uh, FMB. For short, I guess. Available in four bold flavors, including Mountain Dew. And by the way, it's not Mountain Dew. It's capital M, capital T, capital N, capital D, capital E, capital W. So Mountain Dew. 
stuff for legal reasons. They can't do these it. These are all like abominations. These are um, all. I mean, it's from Mountain Dew, I assume. So I assume they own the trademark. Uh, Baja Blast, Black Cherry, and Watermelon. Mountain Dew, lo- or Mitten Dew lovers of legal drinking age can experience the bold citrus flavors of the soft drink they know and love with 5% alcohol by volume. Contains zero caffeine. Sorry. No added sugar. 2.2 grams of total carbs. There's only 100, and cal- 100 calories for 12 ounces. So it's better for you than the regular Mountain Dew? Yes. Wow. And no caffeine. Well, but it is only available in Iowa, Tennessee, and Florida. Expanded availability oh, to come. Damn it. We really targeted the market there. <laughs> they are also uh, going to offer a 24-ounce Tallboy single-serve can. Of course, they are. Again, going for that far loco market. You cannot... Uh, I don't know who's actually... Who are, who, I want to know who's asking these questions. Can I buy Hard Mountain Dew online? You cannot. Uh, can I buy kegs of Hard Mountain Dew? We do not currently sell kegs of Hard Mountain Dew. No one has ever asked that no. question. <laughs> no. This is marketers spitballing things that people might so want to So this is actually made by Sam Adams. Because the Boston Beer Company and PepsiCo have formed a business relationship. This is, sounds like yeah. Hell's Potion. There are, <laughs> are there any artificial sweeteners in Hard Mountain Dew? Hard Mountain Dew contains uh, acesulfame, potassium, ACE-K, Ass- and sucralose. All right, so, can we move on to the 6 0 win now, please, Jeffrey? Yeah. Is Hard Mountain Dew gluten free? It is not. <laughs> uh, can we get a sponsor? What is the shelf life on Hard Mountain Dew? Generally, our Hard Mountain Dew will stay fresh for six months. Much like other alcohol, our Hard Mountain Dew does not go bad. <laughs> uh, like milk or eggs do. You can't go bad if you start bad. That's why I have flavor profile life. will change over time. So if you live in Iowa or Tennessee and are heading to New York in a few weeks, yeah. you know what to do. Bring it to the away, away. Uh, We're all going been loco down in El Capulco. <laughs> the profile of this podcast will also change over time because we have a Cambridge <laughs> game and an Accurate Stanley game to review. We'll also cover the Wednesday news and preview Gillingham at the weekend. But we'll start with Cambridge United. Um, so uh, Wednesday won 6 0. As I noted on Twitter, I was, I was much uh, less drunk, more sober. Uh, this time, the last uh, 6-0 Wednesday game at home, as I recall, Patty. Do you have any memories of that morning, early morning? I remember Jagermeisters and singing with Leeds fans, mm-hmm. which uh, was bizarre. I remember the the always reliable BN stream freezing right before Rita Johnson's goal. <laughs> and trying to get it, like the Twitter feed down in the basement. Of the between Twitter. us and Leeds, with about 60, 70 people there that day in, mm. New, in New York. It was uh, a great day. And the Leeds fans all ducked out. And then like hassled me they all went to jack dempsey's and then like i remember I was walking at uh 10 in the morning after a significant amount of alcohol because <laughs> of course it was 7 15 kickoff and just like yeah one of the stragglers from the football factory is on the stupid jack dempsey's being i fucking hate sheffield wednesday fans i'm just like six <laughs> nil to the wednesday boys <laughs> you know it could have been uh similarly epic that last weekend uh mm. new york because um it was my birthday uh and i am I, I did listen to last week's podcast where james allen um constantly uh when i'm not on the podcast i get the piss taken out of me but this no. time it, they took a, a bite out of my drinking ability and the fact that i, I cancelled the meetup so i could meet, join later in the evening to watch 10 or so bands right but uh, the day before the uh that uh cancel meetup we or two days before we went to see self-esteem in new york the uh sheffield wednesday pop star uh she was fantastic in brooklyn first u.s show uh she'd ever done uh six of us went in wednesday shirts uh to watch her uh and then we, we met her afterwards said a few nice things to her and then the next day i woke up to a, a dm from her uh, replying to a message that i sent like maybe two weeks ago saying oh if you're still in new york on the 12th of march might you come to the meetup with us on saturday uh and she hadn't responded so i thought okay she's a busy girl uh but after she met us... We will get to the game eventually. She sent, us a, she sent me a DM saying, of course I will, I'll, I'll be there. And I woke up Friday morning thinking, oh, fuck, I've got to go to the meetup and go out all day for my birthday. But it's self-esteem. It's Rebecca Luce Taylor, my hero. Um, so uh, I texted the boys. I was like, we have to meet up tomorrow. Self-esteem's coming. Um, but even then, I was still kind of reluctant because they didn't want to spend like, all day out. Anyway, DM the back. Just to let you know, a reminder... So you're a pop star and 
this was came out like at midnight at the night of your gig, which yeah. I'm sure you had a few drinks. Uh, it's 10 o'clock in the morning in New York time. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> is that, do you still want to do it, basically? And within minutes, she responded saying, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fair news. I shall see you next time around. Uh, She's very nice about it. She's, I'll see you next time. Um, lovely, lovely lady. Um, and yes, we didn't meet up on Saturday, so we yeah. didn't see a six nil win. And she missed an absolute. Uh... What a span stormer. Yeah. We are to the thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Mike Laroon, Sadio Barahino. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I think late last uh, summer, early fall, we were wondering if Darren Moore knew what he was doing and if this was a, an experiment. And I think I, I, I don't think I'm in the minority thinking it was going to go one of two ways. And it looks like maybe it did go one of two ways. Um, I did read up a little bit. It sounds like he has been rehabbing and he even says he's having a hard time, um, you know, starting up in the second half of games. But but, you know, we got the hat trick, but I think even better than the hat trick was uh, the assist right off the. Uh, right we off only needed 18 minutes he... for the hat trick, to be fair. Yes, exactly. And um, yeah, so um, very, very quick hat trick, but also that um, that lovely assist to George Byers was mm-hmm. fantastic. And the fact that he took the ball and didn't even he could have easily taken it on. And he uh, immediately thought about getting somebody else involved in the game. So um needless to post. say hit the post too right he hit the post yeah um yeah you, the superlatives are out there he could have had could have had five or six <laughs> he's fantastic could have had five or six yeah what, what so what do you say about him rehabbing and, and struggling the second well, half? no not not rehabbing but um he did say that he has a hard time uh if he starts the first half he says he has a hard time getting moving again in the second half really okay that's interesting so, either. um I mean, it he sounds really like he hasn't um, played much the last couple of years. It sounds like yeah. this has all been very intentional that yeah. he has not uh, seen that many minutes this year. He really is recouping. Oh, cool. We're trying to get his fitness back. I mean, yeah, he's still he's still doing the old cameo. I don't think he's played a full 90 yet. Did he play a full 90 in the Cambridge game? I'm not sure. Someone's checked those stats. Uh, no, I believe um, he came off in no. around 75. No, he, came or so, off. Yeah. Mm. he came off to a plus. Oh, so. yeah, that's right. You got to send the variation. Um, yeah, what a what a freaking game that was! But uh, and also just just seeing the response on Twitter from people who didn't know that he was still around. You know, people from West Brom and, and other places were reacting to uh, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. So yeah, it was good times. He made the FIFA team in the week as well uh, for the people of FIFA. Um, you can... did, and the slightly less uh, prestigious EFL team of the week. <laughs> Yeah, as, we, as we're hitting it every week at the moment, one of, at least one of our players. Patty, your thumbs up is realizing our potential. Yes, I tweeted before the game started, this is a lineup, that if we can't thump Cambridge with that lineup, um, then there's something seriously broken. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't one of those tweets that uh, uh, the opposite happened. Um, <clears throat> uh, look, that was the strongest first level we've put out all year, uh, by a long way. And... Uh, quite often when we have a strong line about, we don't perform to that potential or expected kind of like quality we have in the squad. Uh, everything that we'd hoped would happen when all those players were fit happened uh, in that game against Cambridge. Um, and yes, you can say Cambridge weren't very good. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that later. Uh, but also, just we just looked fantastic. Um, every single uh, we've seen spells of this right throughout the season. Spells of that nice little interplay midfield. Spells of good finishing. Uh, hints about what's to come, uh, and to see it realised in front in front of you when everyone's fit and you've got your best players on the on the, on the team. It was just wonderful to watch. And then you start to you start to dream. You start to think, oh, if we can get on this little run now. Uh, always the kind of playoff final, we were unstoppable. By, by far, I've got the best team on paper, mm-hmm. as we keep saying over and over again. Can this team on paper play, play the game? Well, spoiler alert, we'll get to Africa <laughs> Stanley next. Yeah, it's just, it was it was a training exercise, right? And a lot of that is on Cambridge, but this is how they're certainly capable of playing when they're given time on time and space on the ball. And like, look, more often than not in this league, they're going to get that. And like you look up and down, the, I can't think of a single like less than seven out of ten performance. Really, well, I can think of one that we'll get to in thumbs down. <laughs> but for the, as far as the starters go, I can't think of a uh, uh, a single 
less than like seven out of ten performance and there were certainly plenty of great performances to highlight and i want to highlight one as well uh maybe a little a little bit of an unusual one obviously the midfield three was great um you know hunt and marvin johnson had their usual great games Lee Gregory, um, he didn't get a goal, and I can't really, I don't really think he really had a position to get one, maybe that cross from Hunt early on that went through like three Wednesday players, but it's just so different with him in the lineup as like the number nine. His hold-up play, his ability to win first and second balls, the knockdown for Barry Hino shot off the post, like he can, he can go out wide and put a cross in too if that's what the situation calls for he is just an absolutely perfect striker for the way they want to play in this level totally he was a he was uh the foil for Berahino, right so Berahino is all applauded it's because you know the hat trick uh but he said the first goal he was his control in this league is just it's night and day about over the <laughs> other options we have yeah. of which I will share later on. It's he it's instant control. He's, right. He can he can pull people off. He brings the whole team together, and the sooner he's fully fit and he can play ninety minutes every single game, right. uh, the, then I don't see us having a better option. Um, and he and he also allows Berahino. Berahino can play as a nine, but he's not really a true nine, right? It's like a nine point five. I think yeah, he needs that. He needs that yeah. strong kind of uh, number nine next to him. Uh, he's got a bit more pace. Uh, Barry, you know, his touch has been great the last couple of games. Yeah. Great touch. Uh, I think also, he does need the ability to to freelance a little bit more. It it doesn't need it, but it plays into his strengths. Like like I was a little surprised. Like in the Aaron Canley game, they started with him as the up front, and I know you need to rotate, and, and Gregory's still getting up to fitness, but I don't know. I, I, a little and it didn't quite uh didn't quite come off as we'll get to but yeah i'm just and like look he, he can have a game like he does not he can certainly score goals at this level as we've seen but he does not need to score goals to impact the way they play and uh create chances all over the pitch look um it's tough to find thumbs down in a in a six no win it just is mike striker's not named verahino I, I would like to amend that to Barahino or Gregory. And, sure. you know, when you start putting together your thumbs down after you sat through that game yesterday, they all kind of blur together. Hmm. Um, I, after watching Barahino, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago when I was on about squad depth and whether or not we have enough. But, you know, we have this amazing midfield. We have a great, good enough, you know, great defensive potential. Are the, are the strikers interchangeable or not? Um, you know, we have, can they rotate through? Um, and I know as when we get to Patty's thumbs down, I won't steal his thunder. Yeah, we there there are some gaps there, and we do not have depth up front. So if Berahino wants to, uh, you know, reclaim his mantle of his great years, he's definitely uh, got a chance to. I think that the way they want to play, they do not have someone that's, duplicative of what Gregory can do and the way he can interchange with whoever's playing off of him, whether it's whether it's Patterson or So or Berahino or Nathaniel Mendes Lang. Like you really need that. Like look, they can play out from the back, they can play through the central midfield and out to the wings very effectively. But there's gonna come games and I think Accrington was an, was an example of this. Lincoln City certainly was. Where you're in this league, you're just going to need to go long. And you need to, you know, it's like as simple as, a, you know, a, a big number nine knocking it down to someone running onto the ball, right? Like we saw for the for the Berahino shot off the post. Um, and Gregory can be more creative than that, certainly. And it just gives them another, uh, another way to unlock a defense, right? Because it's easy to, press the midfield when they don't have that option to go over the top or you know you're not like Barry Hino's hold up play is okay but not great uh, Florian Camberry again we will get to that in a second um, Gregory forces a defense and like for the first goal again it was a very simple ball that just Gregory just wanted more right 
He just made an absolute nuisance of himself, tracked it down, put himself in a position to put in a cross, and knocked in a goal. So I do wonder about... They have striker depth, but they don't have the ability to duplicate what Gregory offers the team, which I they're think is They're definitely not interchangeable. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're definitely not interchangeable at all. So. Um, so hypothetically, the other number nine is Florian Camberry, who is Patty's thumb down. Might be record for me. I think players getting thumbs down in mm-hmm. a season. Um, it appears at least, I, remember, I think at least the third or fourth time I've said Florian Camberry is the worst uh, player on the field. Uh, and each time I always uh, asterisk that by saying, I think he has good positioning uh, because he's featured a lot. The other reason he features a lot in my thumbs down is that he gets the ball so much. So he's doing something right. <laughs> However, <laughs> that cameo on the Saturday was one of the most hilarious uh, cameos I've seen from a substitute in a long time. It's, yeah, I mean, not... it's a 6-0 game, too, when he came on, I'm pretty sure. so Yeah, it was, it was a 6-0 game. Cambridge already dead and buried. Just go and add your name to the score sheet, for God's sake. He could, he could not control that ball for love nor money. It was bouncing off every limb. He flails them helplessly. Uh, it was embarrassing. He had a couple of chances uh, where just to bring it down and pass it on, couldn't get it under control whatsoever. Uh, I think he'd spooned a shot wide at some point too. It it was... We were talking about it in the WhatsApp group. Definitely was, was offside. Definitely got at least one offside. Too. Yeah, offside by a long way <laughs> on one call too. It's just, I don't know what's going on in his head. Um, very strange. Very strange player indeed. Uh, maybe he like backwards off his back heel at some point too. Just, yeah. It was a comedy of errors. I'd love to see the highlights reel just of his um, yeah. 15 minutes in the pitch. Um like I say, you can't pick much out of a 6 0 win that's a, a down. So no. I'm sorry to pick on Florian again, but that was a terrible performance again. I will just say that my thumbs down is Cambridge were awful. And I know, like, look, this is a mid table team, is the other thing, right? So I guess they're capable of playing better than this. I know the gap between them and Wednesday on a, on a pure points total is significant, but can you be on the beach, the beach in March? How far is Cambridge from the beach? I feel like it's pretty far. It's pretty Midlands ish. Yeah. <clears throat> are there lakes? Can you the be river. At the lake? The river? You can be on the river. Uh, <laughs> they were like, I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter, I guess, but they did not. Like, look, I said this last week on the on the preview. They like to concede possession and play on the counterattack, and they conceded possession. Uh, never really had a chance to counterattack. Didn't look great when they did it, and once they just picked them apart. Like this, this is this could have been eight nine goals, fairly easily. Not even you know Florian Camberry aside, there's certainly plenty of opportunities. You know Luongo shot that flashed over the bar. Berahino could have had a couple more. It just I, again, it was one way traffic the entire game basically. Um, like this, this was this was like. It did not feel like a football game, really. Uh, also not really feeling like a football game for different reasons. Uh, Accrington Stanley at midweek. Oh, this was, a, this, was a, this was a slog. But we'll go with the uh, thumbs ups to start. Uh, Mike, the first 10 minutes. Well, in, in hindsight, maybe it wasn't a thumbs up, but we had it was a great barrage. Right. Um, so I'll actually, I'll actually it, pair this with my thumbs up, which is muddled through mostly. Yeah. Uh, they had chances, right? They had oper- They yeah. had chances to score. It wasn't as crisp as Cambridge for a variety of reasons. You know, Accrington's a little bigger, a little more physical, a little more willing to press them. And there's a little. I think they were a little leggy. Uh, oh, I had tweeted out about but. a hangover, and I it felt like the players may have just been hung over it didn't quite come off right it didn't quite come off the early, fans you know? in the stands felt like we were hung over they were hung over i felt like those of us watching online felt like they were hung over i think there was just the adrenaline that we had uh not only from the game saturday but on sunday and monday i think the adrenaline was still there and then in, um that first 10 minutes they just had that onslaught and to see barry bannon almost head one in from across <laughs> was fantastic um yeah, and again that cleared off the line and if the, if either of those had gone mm-hmm. in, momentum changes, and maybe it's another four four goal half. But they didn't go in, and uh, we've got all these six foot five, six foot six <laughs> players out there, uh, and it's insane. 
and it's a, it's a nightmare from like last October. Yeah. Patty, your thumbs up is Jack Hunt. Yeah, and, and hands up here. I, I didn't see the full game. I was uh, in and out of the vets, my dog, and I was watching on the... I was in and out of the pediatricians, so it's fine. iPhone, yeah. So I saw the extended highlights, that's about it. So what I did see was uh, Jack Hunt's assist, and I saw him go close a couple of times. Um, and I saw a few a few great runs down the right-hand side, obviously, when he came on for Liam Palmer in the second half. Um, it... For me, I think Jack's had a great season. So mm-hmm. I wanted to uh, use this opportunity where there was nothing much really happened in this game to kind of highlight that because I think uh, it was the end of the 6-0 game where he went for Van Basten on the back post. <laughs> I think he ended up in the River Don. Uh, he just, he's, he's, he's having a go at scoring. He's getting closer, I feel. And that that uh, clearance off the line, Patterson's goal, yeah. probably the closest he's been yet. Um, I really hope he goes in soon. Um, but he had a great game, I thought. Uh, great for the second half, at least, against uh, Accrington. Uh, and he should be the starting right wing back uh, as long as he's fit. I, don't, I assume he was rested. Um, yeah. That's that's all. He thumbs down. Mike, losing the rhythm. It was just such, uh, again, it was a letdown that I think they could have kept going with what they had on Saturday. And it it soon became apparent that they weren't and they tried some other stuff. The ball was in the air way too much. Um, it, I, I, again, I don't want to, I, I saw some of the heights listed for some of these um, Stanley players, but it, it shouldn't have been that big of a deal, but it just seemed like we were not getting the aerials. We were trying too many different things. And um, it looked again, like it, like the October matches where we looked like a whole bunch of players had just been thrown together for the first time. For long stretches. There were a few stretches hope, where... Go ahead. I hope you're not sowing the uh, seeds, Mike, of uh, another fall into pieces kind of uh, run of fall. No, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I hope not. But, I mean, that's that, that good manager and a good captain should be able to, to sow that. But, again, they got a lot of shots. Um, so it wasn't all bad. Yeah, just as if this was... I think maybe at the beginning... I thought every midweek League One game was going to be kind of like this one. And it hasn't really played out that way. But... This was certainly a midweek League One game, right? Very scrappy. Um, not a lot of quality. Uh, we didn't see that up for it. Uh, maybe Mike was right with the hangover. Um, we've, look, we've we've got, we've scored the most goals at home in 2022 in yeah. the 92 uh, clubs in the English Football League, right? More than Liverpool. More than Liverpool. Um, say more than Liverpool, yeah. Uh, I don't think Stanley had won an away game in six attempts, something like that. It's just it's just one of those things where you, you go into a game and you think it can't continue, something's going to break, and we just didn't look up for it. We just looked well, a little bit kind of The other thing tired. is, like, all that said, they should have won this game, right? Yes, yeah, so I want got, to... Yeah, go ahead. Your thumbs down to, is Darren Moore. Yeah, I want to throw a spanner in the works here a little bit and ask the question, because um, Darren was clearly being very, very conservative about his energy levels of his players. And clearly he knows better than we do who's looking laggy in training, who's um, can only do 60 minutes versus... A, a, mm-hmm. They've a, got a, a lot of players game. coming off uh, injury right now too, yeah. So all that uh, in context, I just feel like we should be starting our first level. And, and it's that thing about rhythm, which Mike mentioned too, right? If you've got a rhythm from a, a team that's just spanks on 6-0... Start them all again. If, right. you, if, so if the, they get laggy, take them off. Yeah, the Jordan story on the compl- was completely uncomfortable on the left of the center back three in the first half, like brutally so. And I get that Gibson was um, a late scratch, right? I think yeah. it was a, a government knock, so you can't start all of them again. But right. still, uh, I would have kept Gregory up front. Uh, he clearly would have thought passing was a better option with the kind of. I don't even disagree with that, but you can still start Gregory up front, right? Yeah. Like, it just feels like, for confidence' sake. I mean, the one is that one game was, six, one start cannot, next game. Like, you can, like I know, I apparently he got uh, he got clipped right before uh, he got taken off. But the Bannon for Deli Bashiru substitution on one now was like, look, if you want to make a defensive substitution there and take Bannon off, which he's done in the past in a scrappy midweek game, fine. Bashiru is going to be more direct. He's not going to be. He can't settle on the ball as well as Banning can, right? He's not going to be that 
outlet. He's not going to be the guy that can, you know, do the little Cruyff turn and create space and a little bit of pressing situation when they're chasing. Like he can't do those things. Like he's very good in certain situations. He would have been actually fine to start this game uh, in a lot of ways if you wanted to rest somebody else in the in the midfield three. But in that particular tactical situation, like I don't, I don't know what you're getting out of that. Um, it was at that point when we had to fall pieces too. Um, yeah. The whole midfield lost its shape. Um, it, I, it was almost showboating a little bit and arrogance almost. I listened to reason on the way back. I was on some talk spot because um, I was all on the radio in the, in the car, and Alan Biggs was saying that uh, that. It just didn't make sense to take Bannon off at that time so early in the game. Uh, Bannon needs to be on that field. Um, and look, two or three nil up, cost taking off, give yeah. some time off. But one nil up when you need wins, keep him on the pitch. Um, and then Berrino came off for Gregory uh, 59 minutes before that. Again, would you rather have Gregory than Patterson up front? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who's got the fittest uh, legs at the moment? Obviously, Palmer got knocked, so Hunt came on too. Um, Look, it's uh, frustrating. We don't know the full reasons why my, my, when Moore's done some of these changes. Um, but uh, for me, I would start your best 11 every single game. And if they get lucky, take them off. Yeah, uh, my thumb is down. It doesn't matter who the 11 are. Can we defend a fucking set piece? I know this technically wasn't a set piece goal, but like they cannot clear their lines on basic balls into the box consistently, right? They've gotten better at winning headers, like defensive headers have been better recently, but as soon as the ball hits the floor anywhere inside like the six yard box, it's just like Benny Hill scenes. So I, I was I watched this goal many times. And it was um, even before that, there was the the spot where Gregory got like dispossessed, like it, and gave up a uh, a free kick on the edge of the area. I think. Or maybe they no, they had one. They had an opportunity. They just like pushed wide, but like in like the seventy eighth minutes, like like I know Lee Gregory is not uh, defenders, but you get the ball in that spot, just hoof it at that point, right? Like why are you trying to do three, you know, beat three guys out of the back to shoot one down the channel and just no, get it out of the defensive area. We're all reminiscent of the uh, Lincoln City goals. Mm. Um, they're just throw-ins, corner kicks. Yeah. They quite clearly got an Achilles heel, which yeah. a lot of people are going to exploit if they can. Um, yeah. I don't know who else was up for the, the initial header with Ayar for There's someone else on the, on the blind side of, side of the player who actually won the header. But the um, I, I was trying to work out, I actually put the, I don't know if you could listen, on YouTube you can slow the speed down to like 0.25 mm-hmm. of the actual speed. And I was trying to figure out whether Bailey Peacock Farrell got his hand to the ball or not, whether it actually... Marvin Johnson just hits it against himself and it goes in. Uh, I still couldn't do it, no matter how slow I sweat it down. But what I did realize when by doing that, have you ever done this, by the way, is that Dom, uh, no, no, uh, Rob O'Neill sounds fantastic, slowed down to 0.25. <laughs> and I've got it recording here because it was so funny. happening at about this speed when it was when it went in too. It's going in. Yeah, that's also my reaction to be fair. Next week Patty's gonna spin his Led Zeppelin vinyl backwards and all their messages. <laughs> it's probably when he'll say it's going in Does it sync up to Wizard of Oz? <laughs> I fully recommend listening to Rob O'Neill's commentary on 0.25 speed. You can also listen to this podcast on 50% speed, so you can get it at 1.25 speed, or 0.125 speed, 1.8 speed if you want to really uh, (laughs) slow it down completely. But we'll speed things up, take a break, and come back with the Wednesday news and the Gillingham preview. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Uh, as mentioned, four players in the Team of the Week this week for the EFL. Barry Bannon, Jordan Story, 
Saito Berhino, George Byers. Feels light, only for Darren Moore as a coach, obviously. Who else do you think uh, should have been in it? I mean, everyone had a good game is the thing, right? You can't just put the entire team in, so it's fine. I mean, when you win 6-0, maybe you should just put the entire team in. But... We didn't even like, mention the Bannon, and Bannon had a great game. The Bannon goal, which was just, I know, casually from pinged from 35 yards out. Uh, I don't, like, so when you think of, like, 35-yard strikes, right? So once they hit you, you think of these, like, big screamers or big looping, like, Adam Reach specials. He just kind of, like, he barely, it's one of those, like, Marvin Johnson where he barely lifted his leg and just kind of, like, scooped the keeper from 35 yards. <laughs> like, he did not hit it with a ton of pace. And it's tough to tell the from the pitch size camera. Yeah, it's tough to tell. I mean, I don't I don't know if he was going to save that. That was, like, perfectly placed. But to, like, kind of place that from 35 yards is impressive. Yeah, I feel like the keeper probably should have been better, if I'm honest with you. Um, the keeper had a terrible game, obviously, because he's yeah, six yeah. goals. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was well hit. I'm not saying it wasn't, but sure. it wasn't like top corner or anything. It was kind of like mid side. I just don't think the keeper was expecting it and just kind of goes straight through him almost. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Marvin Johnson and Jack Hunt obviously had very good games. So again, when you win, when you win, Marvin does not have bad games. Not it's really, no. Not anymore. Consistent eight out of ten. It was too bad though. It's like we were saying about Gregory. I mean, that stuff is never going to show up on a team of the week. Yeah. Only what we, yeah. what he did to free up Perahino. So um, again, I thought I thought Gregory and Luongo should have been in there in front of some of the folks they put on Luongo, that list. Buyers, Luongo, but, Luongo is another one that I had yeah. again outside Lincoln City games. A game, a great, great game every week. Uh, in notable Wednesday news, we are going into an international break. I'm reliably informed, and Billy Peacock Farrell has gotten a Northern Ireland call up. So. Joe Wildsmith will be between the sticks this weekend. How do we feel about that? Uh, it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's been a uh, long time since... FA Cup, right? Yeah. Uh, it's replay been a against Plymouth, probably? Look, I mean, uh, I don't think uh, it's the same... Well, it's not the same defence as was in front of Joe Wildsmith last time out and the last year when we weren't playing very well. Uh, I think we've got better options in defence now. Everyone's back fit pretty much. Even Shea Dunker was back on the bench. Mm-hmm. against Akron Stanley. Um, so I don't think we've got much to worry about um, unless we get a, a Joe Wildsmith error. Yeah, this is probably a, a, a I shouldn't say wise, but probably a necessary move. Um, probably should have seen a little bit more goalie rotation at some point anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if PPF didn't get a call up last time around. I don't know when the last game Wildsmith is uh is actually played but we know the next game who actually play it'll be against Gillingham at the weekend 21st in league one um coming off a loss to charlton at midweek a win over doncaster at the weekend uh like they <laughs> in league one 38 possession percent possession this year so much like even even more so than cambridge they are going to allow Wednesday to have the uh, most of the ball and pretty much do what they want with it. Uh, they play a 4-2-1-2 or a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2 if you prefer. Um, they do not score a lot of goals in all honesty. Um, their leading scorer is apparently a Sheffield Wednesday player. Or a former Sheffield Wednesday player, sort of, Patty, uh, Vidane Oliver. Yeah, he was with us for two years in the youth setup. He's from Sheffield. Yeah. Um, never actually played a game for us. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, 2010. Uh, eight goals for uh, Gillingham this year has, you know, since leaving the Sheffield Wednesday youth setup, gone to Lincoln City, Crow Alexandria, Mansfield Town, York City, Notts County, Morecam, Northampton Town, and Gillingham. Really having his best, uh, his best fellow play at Gillingham, put in uh, 20 goals and 50 appearances for them last year. Has not been quite as prolific uh, this year, seven goals and 25 appearances. So uh, I do want to note they have uh, 66 yellow cards and six red cards in 38 games. Um, that's an above average number of yellow cards and a significant amount of red cards, but... There is there is a culprit for that. Uh, 
Max Emmer, a 30-year-old central defender from Germany, has uh, made 13 appearances for them. I'm sorry, he's made 37? Am I doing this wrong? I just sort of glanced at those quickly. Appearances. I'm looking at appearances. I mean to look at discipline. Daniel Phillips, who's their central defensive midfielder. Yes, that's who I wanted. A 21-year-old central defensive midfielder has appeared in 13 games, made six starts, and in those 1,155 minutes on the pitch, has gotten uh, issued six yellow cards and three red cards. I what is he doing? Three, three straight reds. I don't bring out a chainsaw. I don't know if he's going to start at the weekend, but uh, did uh, you know in in, so in America? Is, uh, you yeah. I can tell you, he is not going to start at the weekend because his last red card came against Bolton, which uh, this will be the third game of his suspension. <laughs> uh, so unfortunate. Yeah. Well, now, to be fair, we don't need him like coming studs above the knee to one of our midfielders at this point. So it's probably better that way. Yeah. I, I, I arrived at our. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. So go, Mike. So you go. I was going to say, I, I arrived at our prep for this uh, fine podcast saying, oh, great, another Steve Evans game. And you've informed me that since our last matchup with them, Steve Evans has parted ways. He was, with fired. So he was fired in January when they were seven points off of safety, uh, replaced by Neil Harris, uh, most recently of Cardiff City, maybe best known for some stodgy uh, nil-nil Millwall games you were watching in the mid-2010s. And they've been a little bit better since then. Uh, they're in 21st right now, so they are currently they're currently safe. Uh, just taking a quick look at their... Uh, yeah, no, I have them yeah. on 33 points along with three other teams. Steve Evans, by the way, joined Stephen H. today. Okay, well, there you go. He's got another club, Steve Evans. <laughs> so oh, they are, good uh, for him. They're st- are they still in the... Wait. I am looking at this in the wrong order. I there we go. So, yeah, I mean, they he got... He's, he's, I mean, they did not really get a new man- manager bounce um, from Neil Harris. They, in fact, lost three... They, they got one point from his first four games in charge, which included a 7-2 loss to Oxford. But they've been a little bit better since then. Um They've won two and lost two in their last four. Uh, again, uh, this is the game you need to win. Uh, according to who scored, <laughs> their strengths are aerial duels and stealing the ball from the opposition. Long Their style of play, long balls, attempt crosses often, attack through the middle, take long shots, take a lot of shots. Uh, their weaknesses, avoiding offside, <laughs> defending against attacks down the wings. That's going to be a problem. Uh, finishing scoring chances, keeping possession of the ball, and avoiding fouling in dangerous areas. If the uh... <laughs> so so wait, they're they're good at defending on the wings, and they win. They're bad. Deals. They're bad no against defending down the wings. Bad at okay, wings. Yeah. Marvin's, okay, gonna, Marvin's gonna have a field day. Yeah, knock on wood. Uh, their best players this year has been the aforementioned Vidane Oliver, uh, their goalkeeper Jamie Cunningham, and uh, their central attacking midfielder Ben Thompson. And that's on average still actually played nine games. So uh, again, it just doesn't matter. This does not matter. Just go to uh I didn't even look. I think this is uh, this is at Gillingham, I'm pretty sure. It is, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and get your three points. That's all it is. Got quite an international uh squad. Have you seen this? They They've do, got a Swedish yes. guy, a Congolese, two Congolese people, German, Scottish, Irish, Gambian. Pa- Pontus Dahlberg, who I believe if I'm uh if I'm remembering correctly, played a did he play for IFK Gothenburg? Who I he's Swedish, so he's got to play I, for IFK Gothenburg. I, I, I vaguely uh, remember him from. I think he was like their backup keeper at some point. On loan from Watford right now. He did no, play right. for he Gothenburg. Did. He did play for Gothenburg. Yeah, he came up through the Gothenburg system. I have a friend who's a big Gothenburg fan, so yeah, he was a pretty notable goalkeeping prospect for them. They've even got an American, mm-hmm. Charlie Kelman, on loan yeah. from QPR. Let's get him on go. the show. Yeah. <laughs> About. <laughs> his number. Do you know him? Uh, youth Korean FC Dallas striker. That's all my international knowledge of uh, Gillingham, uh, Jeffrey. That's fine. I mean, what is? I, it's where we're. 
the game is in Gilliam. What can you tell us about Gilliam, Patty? Oh, it's nothing down uh, <laughs> in Kent. Uh, oh. No one goes to Kent. So that's southeastern England. Yeah. Uh, stadiums. A bit of a hike. Stadium. Bit of a hike then. Yeah, it's just um, there's nothing there. It's a typical kind of like I would honestly say new town, but I don't think it is that new. But it feels like a newish town. What is what is a newish town in in the English sense? Oh, just like Milton Keynes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, so, yeah. It, 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 it became, became, it became an urban it district in 1894. So it's like it was founded 230 <laughs> years after the town I live in, something like that. Yeah. I won't say that. 330, 230 years. I can do It's that. just not very interesting. I looked at the Wikipedia page. There's no. nothing happening in Gillingham. The name Gillingham is first recorded in the Domesday Book of 1086. It's said to have been named after a warlord, Gillingus. The old English Gillen meeting to shout. He was a notable Which, man in Kent history as he led his warriors into battle, screaming and shouting. And then a few hundred years later, Tony Poulis managed <laughs> yeah. them. So, I mean, the tie in is all there. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a proud history of shouting. <laughs> of shouty people. Oh. Uh, yep. So, they're. Do they have anything interesting for their uh, sporting? They have a sub-regional sports center. They have a uh, Kent Kent's premier ice hockey club, the Invicta Dynamos. <laughs> All right, we're getting too deep. Let's <laughs> fucking eject. They have had multiple uh, pentathlons, I guess, in one of their parks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Google, Maps is showing, yeah, Google Maps is showing me Planet Ice killing him. So, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. We're on Google Maps now instead of Wikipedia. Let's see if we can find any famous people. Justin, please come back. David, David Frost from Gillingham. Oh dear. Uh, no, not a lot of famous people from from Gilliam. Justin, if you're listening, so I believe he's uh, coming next week. William Adams from Gillingham. I believe he's like the basis for the uh, the Sekiro video game plot, if I recall correctly. What? Who? I don't remember. He was like he what he like took a ship to japan and became a key advisor to tokugawa ieyasu in the like the uh the shogunate period of japan and what what game is that sekiro it's like sekiro. one of the dark souls ish games that came out before elden ring wow i do are... not understand the words coming out <laughs> i've heard of elden That's ring fine, man. yeah it's the same company okay well. hey we're getting that gamer crowd yeah there you go for all you uh yeah all you Twitch streamers out there, I guess. Uh, do we have anything? You should go on so Twitch. Just, Twitch. Just, just Which is Twitch this shit. So, what, so I do, I guess they're going to wear the, uh, they're going to have to wear the pink. The pink shirts are coming out. It's been a while since wore the pink. Yeah, yeah, I was wondering if they, I was wondering if they retired those or. <laughs> retired after like. Just thought these weren't of, working so, out. So felt like, I, I, I mean, I like the pink kit. I own the pink kit. Probably wear the pink kit yeah. Friday night for uh, away away. But. Like most of the time, they're not like when they're facing teams that don't wear. I guess they when they face other teams who are blue. But I feel like there's more teams that wear red in this league. So they've worn the blue. They've worn the regular strip. Yeah, I think you're right. Away more. It just feels. I like. could name five top of my head: Crowsander, Rotherham United, Markham. Yeah. Uh, Rotherham. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Swindon. <laughs> Swindon in this Swindon league. In this league. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I went to hot and I'm fucked it up. <laughs> uh, I should have asked you how many red kit teams. There's a there's a <laughs> uh, in League One. Sunderland. Swindon Town does wear red, but they are in League Two. They were relegated last year. Sunderland, yes, Sunderland wears red as well. Um, yeah, there aren't a lot of Lincoln City. Is a red. So they don't have a lot of opportunities to Charlton. Charlton, yes. Charlton, yes, a fairly, <laughs> fairly obvious one. Yeah, uh, I guess I don't know what they would wear against Bolton. They probably uh, wear the pink against would... Bolton because of the black shorts with the navy shorts. Oh, this, this is top yeah. quality content, guys. Yeah. By the way, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm off. MK Dons, they'd probably wear the pink. They still have to go to Dons. I think they've actually done that yet. I mean, there's a Charlton decent amount of red, I think. There's, there's Charlton wear red. Yeah, I mean, Wigan, Wickham, there are some blues in here too, obviously. I reckon the majority of people at home wear red. I think like, we were right in that statement. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, no. All right, hey, come to we've done a little bit of everything. We've done a little bit of everything. Uh, do we have any other business, Patty? Um, yes, um, there is a meetup in New Orleans this weekend. Um, there's a meetup in New York. If I am fit, as you can tell, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am struggling uh, with the cold. Um, hopefully, I'm fit. Um, You're uh, supposed to do hot whiskey for that, not cold whiskey. Uh, yeah, I've just taken NyQuil, though, so I'm not going to do whiskey yeah. for that one. Um, the OAOA uh, is all booked up, um, as in we have booked all the events. It's not You can still come to it, you don't have to reserve. Um, we have a Friday night planned. We have Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night planned. If you want details, you can uh, sign up to our email at alzamericas.com, uh, go into the national meetup page. We're not going to put this out into the public because obviously we don't want any kind of old chance of following us. You have to get in touch with us uh, and we should send you the details. It is a fun weekend planned. It's been a fun podcast. It's been episode 171 of the Owls America. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday at Trevor and the Makers. Podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. And wherever you consumed, wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Mike is on Twitter at Cascadia Owls. Uh, Mike, I've been, uh, I've been, I've been scouring. I'm thinking about uh, picking an MLS team. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Well, I might be moving to like an MLS city soon, so I have to start thinking about uh, about MLS teams. Um, I'm obviously not going to pick Red Bulls for obvious reasons, but uh, what what would you recommend as a as a general industry? You would recommend the Portland Timbers? Yes, you're holding up the mug. I see that. No, they they are my locals, but no, I, I think there's there's good opportunities. I think there's a lot of good fan bases out there. There's a lot of awful fan bases out there, but no, there are some good ones out there. And I think um, if I I think you'll be happy. You'll check check your local out first. Yeah. I'd also recommend the US. You don't have to go MLS. Go USL. No, no, I have a USL team here. I have been to a few Harvard athletic games, certainly. Okay. What's the fan base like? Where are you going? Huh? What's the fan base like? Where are you going? Do you know? Are they good? I don't know if I'm going there yet. I don't know uh, what the fan base is like yet. Although I, I guess giving it away, they did just put the uh, highest attendance in MLS history out there. So. All right. Yeah. Um, by Patty's, way, Patty's on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty H. Jones. Uh, Patty, how are Red Bulls doing anyway? Uh, we won our first two games, so yeah. uh, 4-1 and 3-1. I mean, we lost to uh, Minnesota at home. Yeah, uh, sounds about right. Speaking of red teams, Jeff, Fleetwood yeah. Town, another red Fleetwood team. Fleetwood Town, another red team. Mm-hmm. There's lots of red teams out there. <laughs> who's, uh, who's who's managing Red Bulls nowadays? Obviously, it's not Jesse Marsh. Who's uh, It's the Barnsley guy. Gerhard Struber. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I forgot. He's still there, yeah. That'll work out for you. I was thinking about that because I noted that uh, for one reason, I was up early on Saturday, so I watched the what was it? It was Barnsley Fulham, mm-hmm. and like I was a little oh, the red team Barnsley. Yeah. Yes, not yeah. in the same league as Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Barnsley were I I I obviously remember from last year when they looked really good, but yeah, they're in a relegation scrap right now because once again they are Barnsley. And I am Jeff Free Paternostro. I am on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro, and we will see you back here next week. <laughs>